when you're trying to make a claim on your insurance. All right. <laughs> we are here with the very first episode of the T Podcast. And we are going to have a good old funky good time. Now, um, you know, we, we have a group of people here that's going to be our regular hosts. And I just want to introduce everybody. Um, sitting to my left is Mr. Philip. Tell them tell a little bit about yourself and who you are. Well, um, I'm good friends with Sonica's boyfriend, Jonathan Crockett. And I'm a new resident of Indianapolis by, I think, five years. I've been here since 2013. So my first time doing a panel like this, but I'm very excited. Don't mind me. I'm just detangling my hair, but I love a good conversation. And all right, sitting over here off camera, you probably can't see him, is Jonathan Crockett, my boo. So tell us, Hi. tell us a little bit about yourself and your little back, your background as far as living here in Indianapolis and just, uh, just being a part of the LGBT community. Um, my name is Jonathan. I am Seneca's boyfriend. I am 38 years old. I've been in Indy for about a little over five years now. Um, and as being a part of the LGBT community, um, I support as much as I can, even though I work really gets in the way a lot. But mm-hmm. um, I have been in several gay courses here in the city and in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, and that's about it. I, I just really, uh, have a lot of support for my community Mm -hmm. and yeah, that's, that's about it. All right. Well, we're going to go to the lines because I believe one of our other panelists is here. Um, we'll see. Let's go make sure this is him. Is that Tyler? Yeah, it should be. All right. Um, seven, six, five, six, three, five. Is this Tyler? Yes, it is. All right. Welcome to the show. Yay. This is our, like, I told everybody this is our yeah. first episode of the T Podcast. And as you being one of our regular panelists, look, I mean, um, tell the people a little bit about yourself, your history in Indianapolis, and just being a part of the LGBT community. Uh, yeah, I've uh, been living in Indianapolis off and on for like the last eight, nine years. Um, moving around, obviously, uh, in Indiana and around the world. Um, being a part of the LGBT community here in Indianapolis has always kind of been this, um, I guess, kind of uh, love-hate thing, but, you know, that's how it is with all communities. But I feel like it's a lot of love, and I have a lot of respect for the people here and for what the community does uh, here in Indianapolis. All right. Well, I just want to, first of all, before we even get the ball rolling on this podcast, you know, this is the first podcast. So, you know, we're going to we're trying to establish a format. But I really am glad that we were able to get this platform up and going, because in the times that we're currently living in, we need a voice for not only the local community, but the national community. There's so much going on as far as legislation. Um we're being attacked on all fronts and ends. And I feel that we need to come together as a community, talk about a lot of things that are going on, not just the negative, but the positive, like, you know, any resources we can offer to offer to people, um, just anything positive that we can uh, give back. So that's my, my thing about the platform. And as we grow, we're going to develop, you know, and, and come up with us, you know, more solid format, but this, 
I just want to at least get the ball up and running tonight. And I just want to hear from you guys. What do you guys want to see from this? I mean, from this podcast in this format, like uh, I'm going to what we're going to do is like I'm going to give you guys each about, you know, a minute or two to kind of just explain what do you expect from this platform that we're establishing. And I'm going to start with you, Philip. Well, um, you know, this is my first time actually uh, doing a panel, like I've said before. And, you know, normally I have a, I, I, I have a lot to say. I, you know, I'm very outspoken, very opinionated. But, you know, up until now, I've never, you know, been in a place where you have, a, you know, an option, a, you know, a chance to speak your mind and that everyone, you know, beyond Indianapolis has a chance to hear it. Um, it's kind of like having a town hall meeting, you know, with, with your uh, closest friends. And, you know, because we, especially the gay community here in Indianapolis, you know, we, we all have a lot of things that, well, some of them, some of the things that we say are better left unsaid, but then there are things that, you know, all of us are struggling to talk about because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or, you know, we don't want anyone to get the wrong impression or we don't want to come off as petty. Mm-hmm. But I mean, let, let's uh, let's be honest. We we need something like this. We we need to be able to talk about um, issues that all of us in the gay community in Indianapolis and even beyond the city um, are struggling with. And, I mean, better to say it here than you know on Grinder or Scruff or right. any or any other dating app because I mean, well. I mean, I'm. I'm Let's be real. Mm-hmm. I mean, we there's a lot of tension going on in this community. Oh yes. And I agree. And it it, it needs to be discussed because uh-huh. I feel like if we if we do that, you know, then we can finally come together. And you know, since the topic is what is gay pride to you, um, I think that's a good thing to start off with our first, you know, episode. And you know, I'm gonna go into detail about that when it's my turn again. But mm-hmm. you know, I want everyone else to have a chance to uh, to say what's on their mind uh, before I have a chance to say what's on mine. All right. Now, Jonathan, um, what is what is your definition? Well, first of all, pretty much uh, the question at hand is, uh, what was the question, girl? Like the <laughs> yeah, the expectation of the podcast. <laughs> honey. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I guess my expectation of the podcast is, you know, we want to shine light on local state, national, and even international LGBT issues. Um, I want to support our community even more. And I just want to, you know, bring more equality and more justice right. out there. Mm-hmm. And because I think it's really lacking in certain key areas of the United States. Um, I think that our administration is really uh, trying to reverse the progress that we've made, and I think there are certain factions out there that are uh, trying to win the battle, but I know they're not going to win the war, so Mm -hmm. I think that as long as we really hit these issues home and really get people engaged, then I think we're going to make a difference. All right. Now, Tyler, um, let me get to you now. Like, what what is your expectations from you know, for this po- podcast and what would, would you like to see um, done with this platform that we're presenting to the to the people? 
really just want us to have a, a space where we can uh, bring forth a little bit of honesty and a little bit of forthrightness to some of the issues that have been going on. I feel like a lot of times what we get is, uh, from a lot of the mainstream gay voices are a lot of like, work hard, it'll get better sort of, um, sort of platitudes. And I feel like we need a little bit more honesty. We need to like present the issues, these things that are really affecting our communities, these things that are, 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 are harming us and are, are doing like great harm to us as individuals and as our community mm-hmm. and uh, really nail those things down and, and point those things out and try to give a voice to the people who are here on the ground level feeling this every day. This, this life is a, a queer person's life. All right, that sounds good. I just want to say before we get started, because um, I'm just gonna run rundown of what we're gonna talk about today. Obviously, you guys see the 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 title of the show, what is gay pride? But I also want to talk about um, indie pride. Just uh, what did you guys like about it? What didn't you like about it? Um, we're gonna talk about just the whole. Uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Like how it became so corporate in recent years. Mm-hmm. And with the importance of allies and what is an ally. So we're going to talk about that. And also, if we have time, because um, I know we're going to try to rush through these topics. I want to talk about the, the recent killings of trans women. Like, I don't know if you guys have been he- hearing a lot in the media. There's been several attacks on gay gay men, but mostly transgender women this year. So the whole issue of trans rights. We're going to talk about that today. But my my hope for this platform is, I, like Tyler said, I want a safe place where we can have honest dialogue because I feel so many times a lot of the mainstream platforms that are out here for LGBTQ, it's so superficial. We don't really talk about mm-hmm. the issues that are really plaguing our community we don't, and then everybody wants to tiptoe around certain issues. And here on the Urban Wire Network, I've always wanted to have different uh, platforms where we can just be upfront and honest. Because you know, Indianapolis is my home. I, I'm here. You know, I'm, I've been living in Naptown all my life, and a part of the LGBT community for years. And it's just a lot of politic politics that are going on in the community. A lot of just issues that people are afraid to tackle. You know what I'm saying? And I think with a city this size, we need to kind of uh, get on cold and get get on point. You know what I'm saying? So that is just my thing. And also, I just want to, with this platform, I want to kind of shed the light on people that are doing positive in the community, like different organizations, different uh you know, just just different talent, just just kind of just showcasing what we have as the LGBT community because we we are a pretty nice sized city, but I don't think that we get the play that we deserve. So I just hope that we can all respect each other's opinions and just you know anybody that does call in, you know you know just let's just do this in love because that's all we really have at the end of the day. Like you know, it's time out for all the the hate and the foolishness and everything else. So I'm going to um, let everybody know you can call in. So I have a lot of people that are on live that were on live following this um, live. 
If you want to call in and join the conversation, call us at area code 646-595-3515. Once again, that's 646-595-3515. Now, I want to start off with um, the history of, well, not the history. I'm going to do that here in a little bit. But I just want to do a recap of Indie Pride. As you guys know, this is currently Indie Pride's weekend, uh, official Pride weekend. And I'm going to go to a clip really quick from WTHR 13, kind of outlining, you know, the whole weekend. And I'm going to come back and we're going to come back with the rest of our commentary. The Indianapolis Pride Festival is just wrapping up in downtown Indy tonight. Today was a chance for people to really celebrate and be proud of who they are. Tens of thousands attended the Pride Parade along Mass Ave and the festival at Military Park. Our Anna Carrera explains why this is such an important day for families in our community. The crowd started stretching down Mass Ave long before the parade started. For one couple, today was a day of extra celebration. We're here to celebrate Pride. It's our one-year anniversary tomorrow, so we're coming out to just be with our people. She's great, not just. When I first started coming, the parade was like 15 minutes, so to see how much it's grown is really impressive, and how much more our communities communities accept it is great. A group of local moms offered their support, saying they know some people in the LGBTQ community don't get the love they deserve. It's just something that I that I enjoy being a part of. Um, it's part of my family, and my kids are supportive of my family members, and we're out here to support everybody as well. After the parade, people headed to Military Park. There were hundreds of performers on three different stages. And there's many crowds in the thousands all day long. Organizers say this is all about community. We've absolutely come a long way. But for especially our trans and non-binary family, we're still experiencing a lot of persecution, a lot of oppression and discrimination, even from the highest levels of government. And even in the past year, this is the one day a year where we can be ourselves with people who are just like us, and we don't have to educate the public, we don't have to explain who we are, we can just be with each other. And that's me special. The day's wish to just be along with everyone else. They can see us, they can love us, they can embrace us for the beautiful parts of society that we are. It's not, we need to boast that we're gay. It's just that we're proud that we can live free right now and just, you know, express our happiness, express our love. Reporting in downtown Indianapolis, I'm Anna Carrera, Channel 13, Eyewitness News. All right, we are back. Now, um, I'm, I'm assuming, Tyler, I'm, I'm assuming that you went to Pride 2 this year, right? Of course, I know you did. Of course I did. Okay, so I just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. so of course. He's like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to tell you, it, it was just really good. Yeah, of course I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, that's a given. I, I don't even need to ask that because I know everybody else here went. Um, Philip, uh, I, I want to start off with you. What, what did you think about Pride this year? Um, and, like, what do you see as some opportunities of growth? And what were some of the good things that you saw? Well, I mean, first of all, like I said, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, I'm new to Indianapolis. I've only lived here for about six years. I'm originally from South Bend, and as well as many of you know, 
my former mayor is running for president, uh, Pete Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. Um, he's our first gay mayor in Southman, Indiana. And, you know, coming to Indianapolis, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe the, maybe the gay community and the awareness and the love and the, you know, com- you know, just the camaraderie is, you know, a lot more apparent in a bigger city than in South Bend, where it's just like, okay, it's, you know, about maybe what, two or three hours away from Chicago. So maybe, maybe, you know, there's a few Chicagoans there, you know, amongst mm-hmm. the group of the minuscule gay community. Um, I felt that, you know, I, I've to Indy Pride for uh, the first time I went was in uh, 2014. So th- it's been a long time since, you know, this year I went. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't impressed. Mm. And maybe maybe I'm being picky or maybe it's because I missed uh, what happened earlier. But I'm going to be real with everyone here. You know, not everyone's going to agree with me. But I felt like Indie Pride should have been a much bigger deal than what it portrayed to be. First of all, why in the hell did it take place in Military Park? It's a small park. When I was there in 2014, it took uh, it took place in front of the library in the large mall area, you know, where the uh, the war memorial was, the plaza was. That was a large space that, mm-hmm. you know, you plenty of room to breathe, to roam around after the parade. Um, but here, you know, when I went to Military Park, we all did, it felt like cramped. You know, it was even fenced in. Like, we felt like a like a bunch of sardines in a can. So that's the first thing. The second thing, which is, I think is more obvious, is that, you know, Seneca said it was more corporate. Now, I like the fact that Salesforce, you know, is the sponsor uh, of the Pride event. But from what I've heard from the parade, you know, there were a lot of companies, you know, in, yeah, in the parade. And, and, you know, when I was there, you know, in 2014, there were a lot of churches in the parade. So I just have a feeling, you know, are they really, you know, about equality? Are they really about gay rights here in the state of Indiana? Or are they just trying to tell people, hey, look, we're this large company that supports everyone's differences because we don't want Mm -hmm. you to think that we're homophobic. And at the same time that you have the city of Indianapolis saying, hey, look, we're we're gay friendly. so, So we won't drive away businesses like Salesforce, because if I recollect a couple of years ago, Salesforce and several other companies threatened to leave Indianapolis, as well as uh, Gen Con, um, PopCon, and, and other conventions that take place here. They threatened to leave the city after the RFRA uh, was passed in our wonderful state uh, government. So I felt like Indy Pride it was walking on eggshells. You know, they were really trying hard to portray you know, Indianapolis as a gay-friendly city. But I think it's further from the truth. I feel like we have mm-hmm. a longer way to go. Um, what I would like to see is we need a much larger space. Uh, we, need a, we need a better route for the parade. I mean, Mass Ave is great, but that's, that's really a hassle to see the parade on a diagonal street. When I was there in 2014, it, w- it took place on Meridian Street. Right. And it wrapped around another street. So what changed is what I want to know. 
why did they change the venue? Why did they change the print route? Um, but I felt like it, it, it was lukewarm. Yeah. And you know, even though I, I'm not from Indianapolis, I would I would have liked to see more because you have to understand, coming from a smaller city um, in the state of Indiana, we expect Indianapolis to have a high standard when it comes to celebrating pride. Yes, because we are not too far from Chicago. We are not too far from Columbus or Louisville. And, you know, between Seneca and Jonathan, they both went to Atlanta Pride. And, you know, they praised at, you know, how, how you know, big and bold it was, especially the Black Pride down there, mm-hmm. uh, which we also have coming up, I think, in August. Or- I believe so. I haven't really heard much about it, honestly. Yeah, but, you know, that, but case in point, you don't hear much about it. So I feel like... Not many, either not many people knew about Pride this year, let alone Black Pride, or maybe just a lot of people weren't interested. And so, since we are in a very conservative state, we need to make a bigger statement uh, than just, you know, just a parade that is in a boxed in fence at Military Park. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really need to put Indy Pride on the map because we are a city that attracts a lot of business. I mean, we're in a geographically perfect location in the United States. Mm-hmm. So the city could grow much faster if we really try to promote the city as gay friendly and not just another city that glorifies sports culture um, in the middle of a cornfield. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to move over to Jonathan. What do you feel Um were some areas of opportunity as far as indie product concerned, and what are some of the positives that you've seen? Um, I want to start with the positives. Um, I really did feel like there was a lot of love at um, at the festival. I didn't get a chance to go to the parade because I had worked the night before, and mm-hmm. um, because it's so late in the morning, um, I have to get my rest. But aside from that, um, I really feel like we did have a lot of support, a lot more support from our allies, from our straight allies. Uh, I know that Seneca, you and I have mutual friends where um, they came to support us. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is, um, that really means something because when I came out 20 years ago, I didn't have a lot of support. In fact, right. I had a lot of pushback. I was told, you know, I was going to hell and mm. I was bullied. And, mm. um, yeah, and of course that was the, that was the culture back then. And, Cause I'm from Terre Haute Ooh. and mm. you know, that was very rural, a very rural mindset. Um, and you know, if you come out in Terre Haute or even places that are smaller than that, you know, the chances of you getting bullied and, possibly even killed are pretty high mm-hmm. and you know, no one really bats an eye when that, when that sort of thing happens. So I'm glad to see in 20 years that it's really, um, it's really come a long way. And one thing I really noticed in my travels in Indiana, even, even hearing a lot of other little small town prides like Spencer, Bloomington, Lafayette, South Bend now, Jeffersonville, and last year, I went to Vincennes' first ever Pride last year. And they were small, but they made a gigantic statement in a very, very, 
isolated place in Indiana that really does need pride and that needs to tell all these people out there that, you know, come out wherever you are, Mm -hmm. be who you are. Don't hide it. Um, That's what I really got from, um, that's why I get from pride every year. But at one thing I really think that pride at least Indianapolis can do better is I really think, and this is just really logistical. Um, I think it just needs to be in a bigger venue than where it's at now, because I think it's too compact. And I I think that may have to do with the organization trying to coordinate with the city, but that's, that's probably a subject for another time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that they're, I think they're trying um, and I think that they're on the right path. Um, I, I would like to see um, maybe some minute changes, um, but just for the better. I mean, right now I think it's it could be better, um, and that's yeah, that's where I'm gonna end it. Okay. All right, Tyler. Um, I know me and you. I remember I met Tyler at work. Um, been pretty uh, cool for the past like couple years and stuff. And then me and him was just like uh, talking. I said I like we that. remember, yeah, we 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 kind of remember a lot of the I like same. You yeah, I haven't talked to you in a long time. Yes, yeah, same of the yeah. a lot of the same things that uh, coming up in Indianapolis. Just a lot of the same people and just like just a lot of the same experiences we had. And so right. I can kind of really relate to Tyler on a lot of his viewpoints of different things that are going on in the city. So Tyler, can you tell us what, what were some of the pros and cons about this year's uh, Indy pride from your perspective? Yeah. As as Seneca said, we've actually kind of had this conversation before, but uh, pride, uh, especially here in Indy uh, has always had a, a really interesting relationship with organization as Jonathan was saying earlier Organization has never been Indy Pride's like strong suit. Um, but aside from like the simple organizational problems, I think that when it comes to the pros, which I feel like need to be the focus whenever we talk about something like Pride, the pros are all about visibility. As Jonathan was saying, the the famous um, Harvey Milk quote, "Come out, come out wherever you are." Like that's not just you know for us. That's not uh, just something that we need to tell ourselves as out gay men, but that's something that we need to live, especially in some, some place, some space that's so visible like Pride. Our openness, our outness at some place like Pride is not just for ourselves. Like, I go because I want to be in a space that is, that allows me to be the out gay man that I am always, but allows me to be that in a public space. But I recognize that that is not the only purpose for pride. It's the, it's the, the purpose of pride in, in, in another way is that we get to take our masks off, our, our straight world masks, and we are visible to the people who can't take those masks off. To the kids who are growing up in these small towns that I grew up in, that Jonathan grew up in, like, these are, these are the people that need to see us as 
Absolutely. The amazing queer people that we are. And the more, the more um, regressive among us, the, the more, uh, I don't want to use this term, but straight acting among us would like us to kind of tone down the queer during these out moments, these times where yes. we are out in public. Yeah. And I think that that's the exact opposite of what we need to do. Mm-hmm. We need to be authentically everything queer that we can be. We need to push forward those people in our community that are marginalized, even in our own communities. Those are the people that need to be in the spotlight during Pride. We need to all, as a queer community, need to stand in the spotlight during Pride and tell the world this is who we are so that the world can Yes. And so those those people who can't be visible can see us and take pride in themselves and in us and in our community. So I think that that's, that's what I like to try to focus on whenever there's a discussion about pride. Um, specifically about Indianapolis pride, I fully agree with, um, with Jonathan on the organizational um, issues, but that I feel like the, the issues with organization um, all come from a place of wanting it to work. Like no one is behind the scenes, like twirling their mustache saying, I want to make this pride unorganized so that everyone hates it. Like that's not the intent. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but no, I, I think that, I think we need to, we need to, uh, so things with that, with like the bad parts for the not necessarily bad, but negative parts of pride. Those are the things that we need to work within our own communities. We need to give feedback to the pride committee. We need to send them emails. We need to right. like suggest things that we saw that were wrong. But that's something that we need to do within our own community. Not and public. That's not yeah. really what. Yeah, and not broadcast that and make that the center of pride. We don't need to make that the focus of pride. So, so let me ask you this, Tyler, and that's I, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good thing. So do you think that we need to have some sense of code and ethics within our own community? Because that's what I call getting on code. That's the same thing when, I, when I'm on the Urban Wire. I said, you know, um, when I'm talking about black politics and black uh, people getting on code, we need to have a, a, a sense of ethics and code. Like, we don't need to be airing yeah. all our dirty laundry out to the public because that kind of harms us yeah. sometimes because they're, you know, they'll see all this dissension and all this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? All discord. Divi- yeah, discord and division amongst us. So that, that, that kind of pushes us back, but that's a good thing that you said. I'm glad that you brought that up. Like, so do you think that there is a need for yeah. uh, code of ethics? I definitely do. I think that, and I, I, I think that part of the problem we've gotten into as a queer community lately, as if in, lately as in the last 10, maybe 15 years, is there hasn't been that code. That code has fallen to the side. We're no longer the united LGBT community that we have been mm. in the past or that we could be again. And I feel like um, that's where those, are, those fracture points are where we have let outside negative influences come in and break apart our community and further marginalize people within our community. You mentioned Mm -hmm. um, uh, the deaths of the multiple trans women of color in the last month who have um, been murdered. Um, 
outrageous attacks by our government on our trans brothers and sisters um, since this new administration has come into power. Our, the outside world can see our fracture points and then they jump, they pounce. They come in and they make uh, attacks on our community by using the fracture points that they see that we have opened up to them. We uh, expose our weakness to them and they take advantage. Uh, could you give and an example? That's why I feel like we should. Oh, uh, when it comes to our own, um, uh, somebody mentioned Grinder earlier in the podcast and um, things like Grinder and Scruff where we have the like no fat, no fat, no queer. Yeah, that's um, what I like, yes. the our, yeah, our own our own insecurities within our own community have allowed us to separate ourselves from the trans community, from uh, the out queen femme community, like within our own communities. And those are the people that are the most marginalized, the most attacked. And we have we as a queer community have let the outside world bully our trans brothers and sisters, have bullied our queer brothers and sisters, our our people of color, those people of color within our communities, we've allowed them to bully those people and to attack them and to kill them because we don't, as a group, stand as a united front. So let me ask you this, Tyler, and I'm going to get everybody else's opinion mm -hmm. of this too. Do you think that is because we have a new generation of LGBT youth that are coming up, people or, or individuals that are coming up that didn't have to... Uh, fight or struggle, and we're gonna, this is going to segue into our next segment here in a minute, but I just wanted to get your opinion on this really quick. Do you think it's because like, at one time we had to depend on each other and we had to be, we had to be a cohesive unit. Do you feel now that, that there's more freedoms afforded to us? And this is with any group of people that have, that are now in a better space in society. Do you kind of feel that that's part of the reason why, you know, like you said, like we see this fracturing within our in our community. Do you think that's a part of the reason? Because now that we we're as a as a generation that's coming up, they didn't have to go through the struggle like those in the past. I don't know if it's necessarily a generational thing, although it, it very much might be. I, I think that just as many of our older um, LGBT people are just as guilty, I guess, of of forgetting our history and mm -hmm. um, just kind of resting on our new found acceptance in the world. And they allow their own um, like privilege in this new world to let them forget of the past. I don't necessarily think it's a generational thing, but mm -hmm. I think that we need to, as a community, remember that and, and be reminded that our community is still vulnerable. We are not safe. Um, I know that I, I feel like we as the older generation have just as much responsibility to the younger generation to tell them to right. be the ones that say, remember your history. This is what happened. Mm -hmm. um, so we have just as much responsibility to our younger generation as they do to remember our past. And I feel like that's, that's more of a people have begun to rest on their privilege and the seeming acceptance that the outside world has given them to allow them to forget our past. And that's not something we should ever do. It's wonderful. So what do, what do you guys think about that? Like Jonathan, you've been kind of quiet. So what do you, so what do you, you feel, feel about that? The, uh, 
question that I just posed. Repeat the question one more time. Um, do you think that this generation, like since they they didn't have to go through some of the struggles of, of the of the former generations or the people that from the past had to the people that kind of established the LGBT community as we know it today, do you kind of feel like that's that's a reason why there's such a fracturing within the community? Not necessarily. Um, because I think that every generation has to have some kind of learning curve okay. in a sense. Um, uh-huh. I Like when we grew up and we finally became aware of things that were going on, um, including not only just with us as our sexuality, but just with just growing up in general, we have to learn about everything in general. And then we, I, I think we have like to hone in on specific things to find out what our history is, what others have gone through, and to really empathize with their struggles. And then we have to put ourselves in their shoes. And eventually, I think the younger generations will come to realize that and even appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Now, as to um, as to fracturing, um, I think that there are forces out there that are actively trying to fracture us. Um, I agree, and I, some of them are just right out there so that we can all see like the Trump administration. But then there are others that aren't as noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually they kind of snake their way into our community and then try to sow discord and distrust amongst us. And we really have to try to be aware and see what they're trying to do and fight against that. Um, And sometimes it's really kind of hard to see. Um, I know that the LGBT are not a monolith. Right. And the whole reason why I say that is because in the 2016 election, 14% of LGBT voted for Trump. Now, now whether or not They knew what they were voting for. You know, that's another topic for another day. Well, we're going to get into that in a future show. Self-hate. Yeah. <laughs> Self-hating queens. We're oh, going to get into that. There's a chalk full, I like to say. Yeah. So, um, what was I going to say? <laughs> you were just talking about outside forces that are yes. trying to get here. Um, and I even think that they're, you know, as, as you were mentioning, like self-hating gays. Mm-hmm. Um, they are out there. And I'm not really sure if it's about education or they need, you know, to be redirected or what. Because I, I'm trying to understand that myself. Um, but I think that as we have to find a way to try to stick together and you know, we can beat these forces back. 
Yeah. And we can honestly do it, but it really just takes a lot of self-awareness um, and education to push back those forces that are going against us. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Phil, do you have something to say before we move on to, to the next yes. topic? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I don't want to take too much Are you time, good? Go ahead. I, I really need to talk about this, too, because this, this hits home for me. Mm-hmm. You know, for the people who I hope are listening, especially family members and, you know, people who've known me, I came out when I was 25, so not very long. I recently came out, and, you know, beforehand, I didn't know what it meant to be gay or all these terms, like what it means to be a twink, a jock, or a daddy, or all this nonsense. You know, for a lot of people, it's hard to come out, especially when you're a person of color. Especially oh, when yeah. you grew up Baptist in the church, mm-hmm. and then, you know they tell you all the time, you know this is wrong. You you shouldn't be feeling this way. But you can't tell a person, you know, to not feel a certain way if they don't know where those feelings came from. And so when when a person comes out, whether they're self hating or not, they're trying to look for acceptance, and that's all I ever wanted uh, right. from the gay community was acceptance. I couldn't find it anywhere else, not even in my own church. But I had to go where the acceptance was. And But the thing about it is, pride to me isn't the parade. It isn't, you know, waving rainbow flags. No, pride is being secure in, your, in yourself as a person. And you don't even have to be gay to feel proud. The thing about it is, what's really driving the division between everyone else in the gay community is that we have a hard time and in, including myself uh, separating from what we are attracted to uh, and what type of people we're attracted to, to just basically having the means of conversing with, with people who happen mm-hmm. to have the same interests that we do, even if we're not attracted to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. I mean, am I, am I not used to seeing, Agreed. you know, uh, transsexuals, or cross-dressers or, or, you know, people who identify a certain gender? No. But that does not give me the right or any person the right for that matter to say, oh, these are horrible people based on the way they look. Because you don't even know. I mean, it wasn't long ago that someone called me a pervert just because I came out. How would you, how would you know? Uh, how, would you, how would you know how a person... Uh, what a person is based on what they look like. When you've never even walked a day in their shoes, when you've never talked to them or, you know, sat with them. Some people treat us like we're diseased. And, you know, it's it's funny because all of us, between all of us, we were all born in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I was born in 1989. Uh-huh. And for a lot of people in 1989, um, being a Hoosier, I did, I never knew who Ryan White was. Yeah. Uh, a, a 12-year-old kid who died from HIV due to a blood transfusion who wasn't even gay. Did probably didn't even know what it what it meant. And he already had the whole town uh Kokomo. you know, yeah, Kokomo. You know, I'm not dissing Kokomo, I'm just saying back then they they labeled this this kid every name imaginable. And I didn't know who Ryan White was until I saw the exhibit at the Children's Museum. And, you know, and I was a baby, not not only when Ryan White was, you know, on his deathbed, but the first Bush administration had uh, 
had uh, denied funding for HIV AIDS uh, research for medications and possibly prevention, which we are now benefiting in 2019, 30 years later. So the thing about it is what Jonathan said, you know, we, we have to come together in, you know, and what you said, Tyler, as, you know, as far as unifying as a group, the thing about it is if you know what it's like to be, to be ousted and to be singled out and to be judged, why would you do that to people in your own community? Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, what really infuriates me is that when I, when I did come out and when I tried to meet other people in the community, the first thing that I heard was, oh, I'm sorry, no fats, no femmes, no blacks, no ricers, no beaners, no this, no that. Are you serious? So if, uh-huh. this, if we're about community, then why are we labeling each other these things that cause division? So this is a better time than ever to be a family because, you know, like, like I said, you know, the older generation, which, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people in the older generation. And it's like what, what Seneca said, you know, some of them, they really did have to stick together. And for those of you who watch, you know, FX or Netflix, I really think you should watch Pose. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about this mm-hmm. show in a little bit. Yep. And then the documentary Paris uh-huh. Vernon that talks about the underground ballroom culture that we as people of color have coined as our crowning achievement in trying to come together as a group of of vagabonds and rejected people who got kicked out of their parents' homes. Back then, that was the place to be. That was the place of community. They would take you in, feed you, clothe you, and you, and you know, we need that here. We need that again. Because, you know, whether you're part of an older or younger generation, we all know what it's like to feel rejected, whether it's by our parents or by our friends or even by our our country. Mm-hmm. But we are people. That's what pride should be, is, is, is telling people we are people. We're still human. Okay? We should not look at each other based on our preferences or our orientation or whatever nonsense. We should look at each other based on what our names are, what we like to do, what we do as a career, what we, what our hopes, what our dreams are. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing about it. That's what pride means to me. And, you know, mm-hmm. we shouldn't just use it as a superficial term during a pride event, like a parade or, you know, or a get together. No, it should be all year round. Um, We have a comment Uh that just came in. Um, We had in the chat, and I'm going to read this. This came from Lauren. She she writes, how can someone be upset about others showing hate towards them about being gay, but yet they show hate towards their own LGBTQ family? That's hypocritical, and that's exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I just said. Because, Uh Because when I came out, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting to feel like I was in high school where everyone is in a clique at the lunch table. I was, I was shocked, honestly, because mm-hmm. I thought by coming out, like most people, you would finally get friends that get you. But it, that could have been further from the truth. And I'm going to tell you, Philip, I had that same experience coming out because you have, like when you, especially when you turn of age to be able to actually go out to the bars, go out and mingle more and stuff like that. 
I had a totally different, like what I thought in my mind versus what I actually experienced were two different things. When I went out, I was like, man, I'm so happy I can go out now. I can meet people and just have a good time. Um, just be around people that are like me. But when I went out, it was just like, especially here in Indianapolis, I can't speak for anywhere else because this is where I'm from. You know, even though I've been to other places, been to other cities and stuff, but it's so clickish. Like from a person, I feel more love in some of the straight bars and establishments than in the gayest gay establishments. It's so bubble. It's Ain't like so clickish. Like you can't penetrate that bubble. Like people have their own sex, their own bubbles, their own. You, you. It's hard to be someone that's coming out of the closet. Yeah. going into these social spaces and trying to get to know people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then even when you get to know people, you have to worry about, am I penetrating or, and I'm, or, or am I getting into a circle that is problematic? Like, mm-hmm. or, because there are, although you may find refuge, quote unquote, with a group of gays, like sometimes these people can be toxic. You don't know. It's, oh, it's, it's, diff, it's very difficult to find spaces where we can be comfortable amongst positive like or you know what I'm saying like you see what I'm saying it should not the gay app should not transcend to the bars yeah it should not feel like we're we're in a we're in a live gay app where we're just swiping people as we go to get our drinks yeah whatever happens just talking to people and saying hi how you doing and so we get, you know, we get the cold shoulder and everyone's just buried in their phones. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. So like, you know, Seneca, you're right. I mean, in some places other than the gay bar, you know, we, we do feel, you know, like we're included, but it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, agreed. I think, uh, I think you said it best when you were saying that uh, people get this idea that if you don't want to fuck someone, you don't want to hang out with them. That's, First of all, gross, and also just it's like that's not how that's not how you become friends with some someone. Mm-mm. That's almost like so, yeah. I, I would love to challenge everyone here, like us and the people listening and watching. Like, be the accepting, be the outgoing, be the inclusive person that you want to to see, that you wanted, that you needed. That's the only way that it's ever going to change is if we as individuals decide that I'm going to be the person who says, like, that person who comes up to me in the bar and starts talking to me or that person who I meet that maybe I don't want to have sex with. Maybe I don't have anything in common with them. Talk to them. Be the outgoing. Be the accepting. Be the person that they need at that moment because they, they are worthy of that. Right. Each of us are worthy of that. Now I'm gonna say this, Tyler, because I want and I want y'all to chime in on this. Do you think that's probably why a lot of the gay bars are dying off? Because now the the straight people, are, like the straight quote unquote straight community or the straight bars, are taking advantage of. Like we we aren't getting this thing right, so now taking over. they're taking over, <laughs> and they're oh we're gonna we're gonna oh we're gonna be welcoming, we're gonna get these gay dollars and stuff like that, but we're still gonna be straight doing it right. So that's probably why, you know, a lot of the gay bars are dying off because of all this foolishness that we have going on within the gay community. So, like, now the straight people say, oh, we're going to 
capitalize off these queers, even though we we really we don't care. You know what I'm saying? They it's all about the dollar, it and we need like to coveting us. Yeah, so it's like we better get this thing together before we our community totally dies off because everybody's benefiting off of us. Like you see these prize now, they're all corporate sponsored. And I was like, I was talking to Jonathan like years ago, people, even five years ago, people wouldn't even want to even have their brand attached to the LGBT community. You know what I'm saying? But now they see that there is money and there's profit within attaching themselves to our community now they're taking taking over and they're taking advantage of what we should have been tapping into years ago. I see why I was skeptic about it. Right, it's too corporate. I, <laughs> I feel like we have that. We have we've seen that there. I, I don't know if any of the rest of you saw the 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 issues that are going down in Chicago with one of their bars um, and the music selection that they've like stopped playing certain music because they don't want to be like because. Uh, uh, it's associated with like people of color. Ooh, and, give like, us a tea on that. Anymore. And like it's those kinds of decisions that we make in our own communities that these bars that these gay people make that are fracturing our community, that are breaking it apart, and that are letting um, these corporate sponsors, quote unquote, come in and use our communities to make money. So, in other words, we're victims of our own success. Is in as much, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's sad to say, but we we become so used to being accepted that we feel like we don't have to be accepting. Okay, I want to give a shout out to um, Davion. He is a he is a very popular YouTube commentator on YouTube. And he talks about a lot of LGBT issues. Beautiful person. Just just all around this positive energy. I want to give him a shout out. He's in the chat right now. He's going to probably be calling here in a little bit. Oh, but I just wanted to let, let, let you know that we do um, have the lines open for anybody that wants to call in. And um, for those who want to call in, you can call in at 646-595. Three five one five. Once again, that's six four six five nine five three five one five. So um, we're gonna move on really quick, and I'm gonna wait for him to call in because I'm I'm, I'm I'm watching the lines to see when that number pops up. But I'm gonna go to a clip because we need to kind of break down the history behind Pride because a lot of people don't know what Pride is. A lot of people think that Pride is just this yearly thing that we have in multiple cities where we just come and dance, party, uh, just, you know, go in, have a good time, go forth, you know. But I want to go to a clip uh, that was that was put out there by History, by the History Channel. And it's, it's about like a three or four minute clip, just kind of breaking down the history behind Pride. Because as you guys know, we are now celebrating the 50th year of Stonewall. Mm -hmm. yep. And I feel that we need to all know why we celebrate pride and the significance behind it. So after I play this clip, I'm going to come back with the rest of my commentary. In the early morning hours of June 28, 1969, a riot broke out in front of the Stonewall Inn in New York City. The violent protest became known as the Stonewall Riot. 
The Stonewall riots were a watershed moment in the gay rights movement, sparking activism and awareness across the United States. We'll look at the roots of the riots, the events, and their lasting impact. In the 1950s and 60s, homosexuality was still considered sodomy and illegal in 49 states. The punishments varied greatly by state, ranging from heavy fines to imprisonment. In society, members of the gay community were often subject to violence, harassment, and discrimination. In New York City, gay bars were havens for people with diverse sexual orientations and gender identities, places where they could avoid harassment and violence. The Stonewall Inn served as a popular refuge. The Stonewall Inn was owned by the Mafia. The Mafia bribed the police to look the other way. In turn, the Mafia made money overcharging patrons for drinks. Even so, the patrons were not fully safe from homophobia and discrimination. The Mafia would extort wealthy patrons, threatening to out them to their employers and families. Despite the Mafia's bribes, the police still regularly raided the Stonewall Inn and other gay bars, charging them with solicitation of homosexual relations. Trans and other gender nonconforming people were also targeted, subjected to violence, and arrested if they weren't wearing what the police deemed gender-appropriate clothing. This oppression and mistreatment came to a head in the early morning hours of June 28, 1969. Nine police officers entered the Stonewall Inn in a raid. The patrons were fed up. As the police roughly tried to arrest bartenders and customers, many resisted. Outside the bar, people in the hundreds began rioting. They threw bottles at you and pushed through the barricade. The police officers retreated from the crowd and locked themselves inside the Stonewall Inn. Rioters responded by setting the bar on fire. Police reinforcement arrived, and the original officers managed to get out of the burning bar. Meanwhile, the angry mob had grown into thousands. Eventually, the police were able to get the crowd to disperse, but it didn't last long. The riots continued until July 1st. While some criticized the violent and destructive riots, others pointed to the brutality and unjust treatment of the gay community. This large-scale defiance made a massive impact on society. The Stonewall riots were the beginning of the modern gay liberation movement, which also brought attention to others marginalized for their sexual or gender orientation. The riots sparked the formation of the Gay Liberation Front, the first group to publicly advocate for equal gay rights. On the one-year anniversary of the riots, they also organized the first Gay Pride Parade. Today, Pride events are still held on the anniversary of the Stonewall riots in cities around the country and even the world. In 2016, President Obama made the Stonewall Inn in the area outside where the riots broke out a national monument. This became the first national monument celebrating gay history. The Stonewall riots may have been violent, but they marked a pivotal moment in history. No longer would people quietly endure the stigma associated with their sexual and gender orientations. Through the Stonewall riots, the gay rights movement gained mainstream visibility and a momentum that continues to this day. All right, we are back. So for those of you who didn't know a lot of this information, I believe that that clip uh, very well put that into context and mm -hmm. what we're talking about. And Philip, he already started the conversation about what is Pride, so we're going to get into that now. Um, but before we do, do that, I just want to tell you guys, I apologize in the chat. I put in the wrong number. I typed it in wrong. 
The number, once again, is 646-595-3515. So I hope if Davion's, um got that wrong number, I hope he sees that. But um, we have another comment from Lauren. She says, I feel as though everyone deserves love no matter where it comes from. I was taught to love people no matter what type of lifestyle they live. Love towards others always conquers all. I love y'all from the moon and back, and I support y'all always and forever. So that, that comes from Lauren. So we want to thank you, Lauren. Yes, thank wanna, you. Thank you. Thank you for first of all, I just want to thank everybody Lauren. that has been listening to us. We really appreciate our allies as well as our fellow LGBTQ family. So now, Philip, we already got your your point of view on what pride is. Jonathan, what's pride to you? We have about 20, a little less, about 25 minutes, so we're going to kind of move along, but I want you to tell me what is pride to you. Um, I'm just going to kind of put this as simply and succinctly as I can. Um, it's just <laughs> being able to live my life without fear, without judgment, and um, that's what I want for everyone else, and Feel free to love who you love um, and live and let live. That's it. That, to me, that's as, as simple as I can put it. That sounds good. Tyler, what's pride to you? Um, I, I kind of want to echo Jonathan a little bit, but I want to say that pride is about being honest with yourself about who you yes. are. It starts inside. It's not something that, you know, starts with, you know, waving flags on the street. It's, it's something that starts inside of you, and it's something that you have to, a place you have to get to with your own emotions, with your own mind, within yourself, um, before it can be shown outside. It's something that you need to be able to feel. You need to feel honestly and truly yourself to be able to love who you want to love, to be able to be who you are. Um, in this world, you have to be strong, and that strength comes from inside, and that strength comes from your own pride. Amen. Ooh, I like that. Amen <laughs> to that. Ooh, he did that. He did that. Sorry, I don't. I I, I want to contribute to this too, um, because you know, like I said, you know, I I'm not trying to talk about myself, everyone. I mean, I just really feel like you know what Tyler said. It's true. I mean, that's what pride starts with. It starts with yourself. And, you know, for me, it it's not really what it means to be gay. It's like what it means to be comfortable in your own skin. You know, there's a lot of people who uh-huh. suffer from depression, mental illness, mental stability, a lot of tension, and even self-hatred. I mean, it's really hard when you have this secret that you've been carrying for a long time. And, you know, you have loving parents, too. Now, my parents, you know, they you know, they didn't do what most parents did in the early 2000s, kick you out of the house and, you know, threaten to disown you. But it does, it does pain you when you are constantly told, well, maybe you haven't found the right woman or maybe, maybe it's just a phase or, you know, maybe, you know, maybe things will change or, you know, Maybe something happened in your in your childhood, but you see, it's it's none of those things. You know, it's just some people need to accept there are some people who are 
attracted to what they're attracted to. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, and that shouldn't be something to define them only as a person. Right. That's just a part of them. Mm-hmm. And to to make that hurdle to accept that within yourself and say, "I'm not a bad person. This is who I am, and I'm okay with it." You know, I, and I don't care what anyone else says. If they do, if they will, if they're not willing to accept me for who I am, then they should not be a part of my life. Mm-hmm. That's what pride is. Pride is accepting the fact that not everyone is going to like you, not everyone is going to accept you. But at the same time, you as a gay person shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be bitter towards them. There are just some people who just don't understand, and it might take them a long time for them to to realize that, you know, this guy is a human being and not just a gay man. Mm-hmm. He's a man or a gay woman. She's a woman. Or a person or people who don't identify with the gender. They're still people. And you know, you, you may not you may not have to accept me or anyone else here in this conversation. But all that all we ask is that, you know, take the time to know us before you make a judgment about us. Right. And so if a lot more self-hating gays actually did that, then we wouldn't we wouldn't there wouldn't be any need for this tox, toxic behavior. Mm-hmm. I'll just Uh I'll I'll just say this really quick. Um, To me, I'm I guess I'm at a point in my life where it's just beyond. Okay, I don't necessarily care if you believe that gay people like I I don't care what you believe about gay people. That's just whatever. But to me, with me with me being (laughs) with me being a tax paying citizen and being a citizen of this country, I want equal protection under the law. I want to be able to not live in fear of being attacked, uh, not only just by civilians on the street or just people on the street, but by our law enforcement and our our government officials. Uh I feel that we that's why we have to value our vote. We have to leverage our vote because these people are in their office and they're changing all this legislation and doing this, that and the other. And you know who I blame? I blame us. Because we're not getting involved. We're not vetting these people. We don't know where they stand on these issues. Mm-hmm. And either by you sitting at home not voting or you not getting involved with your legislator, not reading up on these issues, knowing where these people stand, you are a part of the problem. And people don't want to hear that. And I'm sorry if you don't want to hear that. But I feel that if you are not a part of the solution, you are a part of the problem. Yes, you, so, can't, you can't afford to be complacent, uh-huh. especially for this next coming election in 2020. Yes. No, don't just, especially not just gays, people, but people of color and women too, uh, regardless of what political party you believe in, Seneca's right. Um, I would just say it like this. Don't have this, I don't care who wins as long as they beat the other guy attitude. That kind of nonsense is what got us to where we are now in mm-hmm. our current state of our government. So... It is not, it's not, you know, your president's fault or your Congress's fault. It's you as the voter. If you didn't pay attention to what was going on or if you just simply did not vote because you don't think it matters, well, honey, let me tell you something. It does matter. Right. So please pay attention uh-huh. to what's going on. All right, yeah, I'm going to chime in, jump in here really quick. I believe this Davion is calling in from Conscious TV. Um, we're going to go to the lines and we're going to get his perspective on the topic today. Caller eight four three seven zero seven. Is this Davion, 
Or if you just, not call my whole number. Yes, I, you, <laughs> you know I ain't gonna do that because you know these people out here, these crazy people out here, <laughs> docs and people. But yeah, I just want to thank you first of all. Like I'm telling you, like if you guys have not checked out his content, go on YouTube and check out uh, Conscious TV. I mean, not only does he talk about you know gay lifestyle or LGBT type of topics, but he talks about spirituality. He just talks about a whole gamut of things, reviews and everything. So I really thank you for coming on here today, um, especially with this being our first podcast on this network. So I just want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and and what is Pride to you, because we know this is June, the month of Pride. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, your um, what you have going on and um, what what is gay pride to you? Well, thank you for that shout out. And um, I want to say that I appreciate what you're creating as well as the same gender loving man. I believe in supporting each other, especially as content creators, and certainly uh, supporting conversations that are actually meaningful and that can be impactful and that actually solicit substance. Because I think too much of the time when it comes to our community, uh, it becomes too saturated in secularism. And there's still a lack of knowing who we are spiritually, knowing who we are emotionally, uh, understanding our own relationship to our bodies, understanding some of the trauma that LGBT people have experienced as a result of the rejection of the abuse and the marginalization of this community. And so there's a lot of PTSD, there's a lot of insecurity, there's a lot of abandonment issues that have developed in most same-sex identifying individuals, including trans women and trans men that are going unchecked. And there's a real call to uh, concerns around mental health as it relates to this community. And I know that people don't like to hear this, but there is a parallel between the ways that slavery has impacted the black community and the ways that the oppression of this community has impacted the members of this community. So I feel like I don't know why we abandon these conversations, but I don't know why we act like there's not a big elephant in the world as it relates to the mental health of LGBT people across the board. Not to mention uh, the lack of intersectionality that exists within black queer people within these spaces. Because you have the issue of being a black American, and then you also have the issue of being trans and or homosexual and or lesbian. So, so I appreciate this conversation. Now, as it relates to pride, um, pride to me, simply put, it's in the context, is just being celebratory of truth. And it's about being able to stand in. Uh, the indefinite reality of yourself, those would be the things that are the absolutes about who you are, the absolutes about your essence as an individual. So taking pride in anything that makes you who you are and being able to hold on to that and be empowered by that, irregardless of the external circumstances, is what pride is. So in the essence of us, that would be uh, you know, sexually, gender, and sensually liberated within ourselves, and having full agency over our 
experiences as being a member of the LGBT community. What is your coming out story? And especially in your part of the country, like how is the gay community? Is it is it as cohesive as you as it should be? And as far as like racial relations, like how is it, you know, within the community, how how is that in your opinion? Uh that's an interesting question. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a more fantastic uh, question because here in the South, I mean, I'm in South Carolina, so obviously, like, race relations are a huge thing. And unfortunately, the gay community here in South Carolina is very much so segregated. There is white pride, there's black pride, there's white clubs, there's black gay clubs. There's an obvious lack um, of intersectionality on both ends. And, um, I mean, I guess my experience in terms of coming out, uh, I had a rather pleasant experience uh, in terms of my support system. Like, my family didn't give me so much of a hard time. Um, my, my friends didn't give me so much of a hard time. But my, my, the biggest thorn in my ass in terms of the things that I battled with had to do with uh, spirituality, just being raised with Christian beliefs. Wanted to have a relationship, a thorough, healthy, and intimate relationship to God, and having that intersected by this issue of sexuality. Like, how can I be close to God as a thinking and loving man? How can I nurture my my own spirituality within the context of Christian theology? And uh, that really was something that brought me so much depression that I almost, I mean, that I contemplated suicide as a teenager because. I just couldn't wrap my mind around how to combat the issue of my sexual identity with my spiritual identity. So for me, I didn't have a lot of issues in terms of uh, the community at large. I do understand a lot of the issues. I mean, there is a lot of self-hate within this community, even as same-developing men. There is still even a discrimination that same-developing men have for trans women specifically. And uh, there's a lot of ignorance even within, within our community surrounding gender identity and gender expression. So you even have privilege that exists in this marginalized group. You have tops who are celebrated at the bottom. You have the concept of being at the bottom used as a way to incite degradedness uh, upon one another as if to bottom or to be the receiver or to be the submissive principle in a relationship is somehow an insult. Uh, you have this issue of the glorification of masculinity. And mm. then you get into the issue of trade. You get into the issue of, mm, mm, mm. Uh, you know, why is, why is someone more masculine, more celebrated rather than somebody more feminine in the community? Why are all the men push Monday from dripping large body, you know, Fabio as a symbol? You know, then we get into just even the body types and the vanity of the community. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot there. Right. And even not celebrating people 
came on Netflix so I don't know how long it'll be before it's on Netflix again but probably another year yeah 
but I really love Dude, the show. Dude, I can show. so help you. We're gonna we're gonna have a watch party. We'll have to have a watch party. Can we please do that? Y'all want to do that? Like yes. Us? Okay. Absolutely. Well, hopefully, my schedule allows it. But yeah. Um. But yeah, I I just feel yeah. that this this show is definitely. I think it is it is a a show that it's, it's a landmark as far as like entertaining this consumer because we've never had us. We've had shows that are geared towards, I mean, we, we've had that, but I just think with it just being so yeah. raw and just being upfront and honest about, you know, the underground um, this scene. Show that needed to be made. Yeah, it was definitely needed to be made. And I think a lot of people can identify with the characters on post. So I'm glad that they, they were, they were willing to take that, um, risk by delving into that, yeah, yeah. because I, yeah. I, and that's why I, that brings and back to what I'm saying earlier. Not like just the characters, yeah, mm-hmm. not just the characters, the actors too. The meta, the whole meta thing behind that show is that we have, um, what six main characters who are played or trans women who are played by actual trans women. Exactly, yes. it's like actual representation. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, what's great about here's what I really like about this show. It makes it gives you a, it gives you a newfound uh, perspective of trans people, for people who mm-hmm. don't really know a whole lot about the trans community. Like you're able to identify with the main characters, and because because beforehand, if when you when you didn't see a show like this, you would be like, oh, who's this? Are they a woman or a man? I can't tell. But when you watch Pose, that doesn't matter because you get to see into their lives. You get to mm-hmm. see, you know, that it's not just about ballroom oh. culture. It's about survival. These people really had to survive yeah. during that time. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know anything oh, about ball culture until um, Jonathan told me about the documentary Paris is Burned. So Pose is kind of like an extension of that. So I did mm-hmm. not watch. I did not know anything about voguing. I didn't know anything about you know, ballroom culture or the terms like what it means to slay or the face or the body. I'm like, no one realizes that a lot of people tend to use these phrases as if they coined them themselves, but they didn't. It was a, it was a community underground in New York City, a group of, of, of people of color who were trans, who were gay, who came up with this culture that we are now glorifying in 2019. Now everyone's using the word slay and, oh, and work, bitch, and all that Appropriation of our culture. That's this the culture. That, if you want to talk about cultural appropriation, that is a perfect example. I mean, hell, we're not, we're not strangers to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, as for me, um, I have... It's been a while since I've actually found a show where not only does it speak to me, but I've been so emotionally invested in it. And I honestly cannot wait for the next episode. And I don't binge watch it because I because they only had eight episodes. So I just made it to where I just watched one episode a week. Mm-hmm. And um, uh-huh. it, it just it just really got to me. In mm-hmm. some areas, especially during the height of the AIDS crisis, when you actually got to see the nitty gritty of what happens to these people when they get the virus and they have to give it their all, and it, it, it was incredibly 
um, disturbing, enlightening, and, and a whole host of other emotions that I just really can't describe. Mm-hmm. All right, these people uh-huh. really were like RuPaul said it. They were not lip syncing, but they were just, they were working for their legacy, for their lives. Wow. Because really, yes. they they were on borrowed time. Yeah, that's true. Oh my God! I mean, it was sad. These these bubbly people. You would have never thought that they were facing death. I mean, we we should be thankful. We should all be very thankful that. 30 years later, we don't have to worry about HIV being a death sentence. Right. Because back then, it was limited resources, limited technology. Like, if you had to really live your life to the fullest. Hey, Phil, let me jump in here real quick. Yeah. Please. Um, let me jump in here real quick, guys. We have one more caller, and I'm going to have them. Um, they have a, about a minute to um, say what they have to say because we're going to be getting off the air pretty soon. It's a 574 number. It's my hometown. Yay. All right. Um. Area code five seven four. You're online. Um, do you have a question or a comment, or are you just listening? Um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. appreciate you. Just keep on supporting us and listening to us, and we want to thank you for just joining us for our first show. And, um, yeah, just thank you. I appreciate the, the, the encouragement. So, keep keep a lookout for us. We're going to be doing some great things. All right. All right, guys. We have a, about a minute and a half left. I just want to thank you. This show to me was a major success. The first episode um, I think we're going to probably do um, two hours. I think two hours would be good because I was yeah, I was just testing not... out the hour and a half and see where it would go. But I think two hours would be sufficient for this broadcast. So, I mean, what do you guys think about the success for, of the show? Do you, do you guys think it went well for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. I want to do it again. Yes, yeah, please. This, yeah. Thanks, Seneca, for having us on your inaugural show. I mean, this yes. is great. We I can't wait for the next. Uh, we didn't we had YouTube personalities call in. We didn't have these people. I mean, I just want to thank everybody. Like, I mean, I know the comment section on my Facebook Live has been lit and everything. Um, like, uh, there's been so many people that just have been watching tonight. So we're gonna be. This is not gonna be the last show. We're gonna have guests come on. We're going. It's, it's going to develop over time. So just stay with us and. Anybody else have anything else to say before we jump off? Or Tyler, I want to thank you too. Like we've been talking about doing this for almost over six months. Like, so I'm glad we got this together, and I, I yeah. really am happy that this has just been a positive show, no drama, no negativity, and that's that's what we're about on this network. So until yeah. next time, I know we got ten yeah, seconds. Ten seconds. Spread the word. Tell everyone. Talking about it for so long. Yeah. All right. Well, I will talk to you guys off the line. Um, we, we might stay on Facebook Live for a little while longer. Um, the, the the stream is just have has went off now, 
but we're we're still on um Facebook Live. So this, I guess this kind of be like our little after show, or whatever. But um, I just want to use this as an opportunity to um, tell everybody to check us out on YouTube because I'm gonna place this up on our YouTube channel at the Urban Wire Media Network. And also, we're gonna be having this show. The show's gonna be on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, and Google. So we're gonna be on various platforms. So when I said we're gonna do something big, I, I meant we're gonna do something big. So uh, spread the word. Um, I know between us, we know a lot of people in the LGBT community. So I feel that we need to be spreading this word, you know, because I, I feel that in Indianapolis, I think we do have great potential here. And I think this would be a tool to kind of like promote our city, you know. So um, I don't know. I mean, what what do you so what do you guys think? Like, should we do this? On a, like every two weeks, kind of like you know, yeah. since everybody's scheduled, like two weeks, so we don't Sunday's get burned. The best. Yeah, I mean, yes, if we can try to keep it on a on a weekend day, that would be perfect. Yeah, I like that, and especially yeah. my work schedule now. Like, um, I'm gonna be having overtime the next couple, like three weeks. So, um, I, this Sunday is a good day. I think it's a real chill, relaxed day. There's not too many yeah. people doing yeah. anything on Sunday, so. You know, I know it's Fridays and Saturdays yeah. and stuff like people are busy, but I think on Sundays people can unwind and just, you know, chill and, and you know, it, I, I think this is a good day. Yeah, I agree. And as yeah. for my work schedule, um, yeah, every other Sunday works for me. Okay. And if you guys know anybody else that want to call in the show or want to be on the, like, be like on the, um, what's the, the panel, like just, just let me know, like anybody that wants to, if you want to uh, sponsor the show or you want to advertise on the show, just email me at seharris02 at gmail.com. Um, some of you might even have my, my uh, be on my Facebook page, send me a message or whatever, but we're really trying to make this a big thing. Um, and I, I'm glad that we were able to actually get this up and off the ground because we've been talking about this for months. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that yeah. I was just like, you know yeah. what? We might as well just go on ahead and do it. Quit talking about it <laughs> and just get it off the ground. <laughs> so this is just going to be one of many shows on my network. We already have two. This is show number two that's on the Urban Wire network. We do have the um, Urban Wire podcast um, where we talk about a lot of news and politics in a general like in you know generally, but this is going to be aimed more towards LGBTQ issues, and I'm going to be getting more content creators, people that are um, in entertainment and stuff like that. So be on the lookout. Like my vision for the show is going to be something major. So if you guys know anybody that you want interviewed, or if you got a story that you want to tell on the show, just feel free to reach out to me. Like this is the community's platform. This is not my platform. This is the community's platform. So if you have a story that you feel that is going to be beneficial to the people. Yeah. You want to hear more people. On yeah. There. So it's just about empowerment. I'm just not, I mean, it's, it's already enough roasting and gagging going on out here. I just, you know, and we're going to talk about entertainment and stuff, but I just want to keep this positive, you know? Yeah. So I do like a good roasting, but we, you know, yeah, we, we need to yeah get serious because I mean with 2020 coming like we 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 don't have time to be playing around we really don't 
Like I see so many things that are being reversed as far as legislation is concerned. Like, uh, I mean, hell, we look at stuff dealing with the whole entire abortion type, the topic, you know, mm-hmm. topic of abortion that could even have yeah. the possibility of being reversed. So like, like I'm saying, like it's them today, but it could be us tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So we have to really be serious about what is going on in government. We can't sit back, back and say, have this, you know, with our heads in the sand being like, well, this doesn't impact me. So I don't, you know, I'm not worrying about it because like I said, it could be one group today of people that are being marginalized and it could be you tomorrow. So we have to really be serious about this thing, guys. So yeah, that's all I have to say. So is that it? I agree. So anybody got anything else to say? I feel like we should save it for the next time. All right. <laughs> or else I'm we'll good. be here all night. All right. Thank you, Tyler. We'll I'll be yeah, in contact with you guys. Stuff for next Oh, let's have that post party because I really want to see the second. It's going to be Tuesday, though, ain't it? It's, it's coming on Tuesday, ain't it? I got to find out. Okay. And that shouldn't affect me. I mean, I'll be free. Okay. I, we'll, we'll talk about it off the air. We'll, we'll set it up. All right, guys. Thank you. Definitely. Bye, Tyler. Bye bye. See ya. Bye. Ooh, this was fun. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Oh, it's a British voice. It should, it should, be, it should sound like Patricia Rutledge. Thank you for using Blog Talk Now, because I know you ain't coming on here now, because <laughs> you, you don't miss all the tea. Like, I see, yeah, my cousin Chan, I want to give her a shout out. She's out there in the audience. Girl, you missed it. <laughs> Honey. Chan, I'm a Chan, I'm a, I'm, I want you to um we we're doing the after show right now for a few minutes. We're just sticking around here. The official show's done, but do you mind calling me real quick so we can have you on air? Like you want to call my phone and then um you can we can put you live on air or you can tell us what you thought about Pride this year. Cause I can call you if you want if, if you want to talk for a minute. Hold up, give me a second. Give me a second. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, um ring you in. Cause honey, we need to get some. Oh man, I wish I could have stayed long to get that discount food that y'all were talking about yesterday. Baby, she I know she about to give us the 411. We're going to call her real quick. That's what we need to talk more about. Like, I know, because I was mad about the prices. Cousin, what is going on, girl? Honey, you missed a good show. We done had, like, we talked about everything on the show. We even had somebody... Uh, you, Photo shoot. Oh, we just got home, so that's when I seen that you went live. I'm like, let me call and tune in and see what's going on because I seen that the topic said about pride. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me tune in to this because I got a lot to say. Well, you know, this this is gonna be our after show, so I'm putting this up on um, line two, but our official show is over with. But I want you to tell me what is pride to you, like you being an ally. Because I'm going to tell you, like, this is my cousin. I, I consider this like my favorite cousin. She's always been accepting of me. 
Um, she's always just been like we've always clown cut up together growing up. Like I just want to first of all tell you that I appreciate everything that you've always done for me, just the encouragement and just you just being there as a true true family. Like I just want you know you my favorite. We was like, how long were we running around doing them shows that you're doing now? Wait, wait, wait. Remember them talk shows I used to do on that tape recorder yeah, back in the And I appreciate that. So let me tell you, what is your opinion of Pride this year? Because now we done got all the serious stuff out the way. We It's time for us to clown because it was some foolishness, some fool la la that we seen. Wait, wasn't it some foolishness down there? Right, right, Ooh, I want to hear this. <laughs> Honey, first of all, I need to ask you, what you think about these women walking around here with, their titties, <laughs> with these titties hanging out? <laughs> oh, man. Mondays can be long, honey. Mm -hmm. I was like, it just came out. And I'm all about expressing yourself. That's why I like going to Pride every year. I appreciate you inviting me. I I swear to God, since I've been gone, I mean, since you introduced me to it, I can't turn back. It's just like I support one thousand percent. I love it. I love the the freeness of it. But like I said, some people shouldn't be as free. Yeah, and 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 we talked about this. Like, it's all about expressing yourself. But I just kind of feel like. People need to do it within taste, especially mm-hmm. since there are children mm-hmm. that are at that event. Like you can't. Uh, you know what? So the girls that you found me, we were we were talking about this because I don't know if you seen my video on the timeline on Facebook because um, I didn't put it actually on Facebook. I put it on the uh, story, but it was people on there like twerking in front of those kids at yeah. the, the dance station. I don't know if mm-hmm. that's what you call it, but. I mean, they were twerking in front of those babies, and me and my friends was just looking like, what the hell? Like, I, this is not a place for kids. It just, oh, I don't feel like this. that was you. a place for kids. I now, really do. Now, hold, so, and let me ask you this. Like, girl, what do you think about them prices of that food? Because I'm going to tell you, I was pissed uh, off. Uh, uh, it was ridiculous. And that's another thing that they need to talk about. Whoever is over that committee with, you know, um, um, forming the pride or, you know, however they go about it, somebody needs to go on that board and talk about those food prices because I'm a lot of people to. were turning away it, from yeah, those trucks, too. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to I tried to comment them directly on their Facebook page. I'm not sure if I did it right, but but yeah, you you're right. I'm like, come on, really? Not even state fair prices yeah, are this high. Uh, me and Sergio were talking about that twenty five dollars for shrimp and fries and twenty five dollars for nachos, like and twenty dollars for lemonade. No, that was that was unethical. The chicken, what they did. The chicken now that was reasonable. Now yes, now you did tell us about that. Chi- now tell them about that chicken kebab station that we went to. Cause I'm telling you that. I mean, I liked it. it was real good, but I had to say that 
what we were talking about in the show there's a lot of people that take advantage of the gay community like we don't even appreciate our own community but these people are out there taking advantage of us and they know that we 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 represent like a large amount as far as like there's a lot of money in our community so that's why it was easy for them to come in and charge those astronomical prices that's ridiculous it should have never gotten to that point and re- Here's my thing, like you know, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I was, I thought at first I said this girl take get that plate back. I said, girl, what kind of a fool, fool la la is this? But yeah. honey, I thought the girl, I thought it was kind of ghetto. But then we got up there and yeah. heard them prices. I said, girl, I don't blame her for leaving that plate up there. Yeah, if it hadn't been for her, we would have known. You know, we would have known about the bait and switch. So you know, at first, like, oh, here we go, another disgruntled customer. But no, she she was right. $50 a plate for, for some Honey, money. them people was going off about them prices up there. We got up the closer we got up to the, the front, the more grumbling and bumbling we heard, child. They didn't even you know, they didn't tell I you. That part of it, but I did catch it as people, you know, as we were walking around to see what we could afford and what we could eat. And those drinks were already stupid. I felt like we should have got more, more drinks. And more liquor in a bigger cup for the prices that they were charging. They were now that was outrageous as well. Yeah, and I'm just like no. Uh-uh. That's I one of the Massachusetts to get a drink on on a special. But girl, let me tell you this, cause. You go to Chicago, you we go to Chicago, probably baby. They got deal. Let me tell you, you go that food is lit. Even in, in Atlanta, they got man. I'm telling you. For one, the Pride events aren't gated off like we some caged monkeys at the Indianapolis Zoo. Oh, like, did, did she and then, huh? oh, she just she just joined in, right? She didn't listen to what I said about that. No, she's yeah, she just joined in. Okay. What? Yeah, and then like I mean, they have fried chicken, fried fish. They have soul food. I know you were telling me about it, and you know it makes me want to go now just to go down there to be going. Just like you just informed me that, and I don't know if you said Atlanta or Chicago, mm-hmm. but they have their parade separate from the actual event. Mm-hmm. Now that's different. I feel like that, that's giving you two days of, you know, coming yeah. lists. Yeah. You know, that's something I want to go to. I would love to go to something like that. Mm-hmm. And then it's just so more, I don't know. I just, I kind of, I'm glad that Indianapolis has something because I know in the past we haven't really had. Uh, pride event to this magnitude, but I just I'm just really glad that for I mean it's it's a start, you know. Oh, you feel like there was more people there this year than than all the other years. 
really can't. <sighs> I just don't know. It's it's difficult to gauge that because the space that it was in in the past, I kind of felt it was it was easier to tell how it was set up because it was down there at the old library and you could see. Like, but this, this everything oh, was just so okay. spread it out. Like you, you couldn't really tell. Like, I don't like military parking. I don't like military. Park. I don't like that. Yeah, because if it wasn't for you, I actually didn't even know where to go. We had rolled all the way trying to find it. So when you told me where it was, it was just like as we rolled. And to military party, which is like, oh, okay, there it is. But had you not said nothing, I wouldn't have even known nothing, like, or where it was. Yeah, or but, anything. but here's the thing when I first went, it, the parade was next to the venue. The, this year, the parade really? was on the opposite end of downtown. Mm. So, oh, how, yeah, now that that was crazy. I do agree with you yeah. there. Because I was like, I thought that they said that the parade was on Pennsylvania. So, yeah, you make a good point about that. I'm like, why? Why is it on Mass Ave, and then the the events on Military Park? That means that means people have to find their way to get to the park, whether by Uber or by walking or on those scooters. That's really inconvenient. Yeah, and that's definitely where my confusion came from because that's the first place I went was towards Pennsylvania, and then I went up there by Legion uh, Legion Park or whatever it is, wherever it used to be held. So yeah, I totally agree with you on that part. It was too spaced out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, I have a lot to say. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm trying. I won't be rude or anything, but but no, the, this pride could have been a lot better if they just stuck with uh, where it used to be when I first came there yeah. because that was a lot of open space, which means we could have had more people. And then you know they the they have to. I don't know if they have any power over the street vendors, but they need to. They they need to post their prices up there, and they need to vet these people before they allow them to come. Oh, yes, you make a real good point there. That's like that, another thing. So you got these people waiting in line for this food to get all the way up in the front because that's let's let's be honest, that line was ridiculous. So you got people waiting all this time, wasting time mm-hmm. to get all the way up there, and you're giving them these ridiculous prices. Yes. So yes, that that was a mess too. That's something that needs to be. Uh, spoke about yeah, you know, so with that committee what, for next year. And this right? is something else that bothered me too. Like, and and I don't see this in any other major cities too. Like, and I understand they're trying to make money. I know they're trying to come up, but I didn't like uh-huh. the fact how. Because first of all, I ain't trying to throw no shade. Y'all know I'm not trying to throw no shade. But the entertainment needs to be on more on point. I'm oh, just, I'm just saying. No, no, you're right. Because I'm gonna tell you. Let me tell you. You know they had that front area for the people. You had to pay sixty dollars to stand up in the front, like you at damn uh, Clues Hall, <laughs> or, or you the, at, at uh, the old National Center. Or at the sixty dollars, girl. I mean, they stopped you at a distance. You hear me? We yeah. trying to go. Them Negroes was tied up in front of that gate like the Indianapolis Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, all out there with all that body odor and, oh, and weed oh, smell. Wait, so yes. wait, wait. So you have to, so you have to pay more money just to be near the stage, like yeah. But yeah. why? That's so stupid, honey. I didn't see no celebrities out there for me to be willing to pay that much. Now, if it was Cardi B, I hell, right? I, I mean, I'll, I'll pay a thousand bucks just to you know be like. Ah, Girl, they ain't even 
Because they ain't even paying that much to see them old um, D-list celebrities at the bowl. <laughs> the people that don't fell off. Like Liza Minnelli's uh, second cousin tried right. to move. <laughs> now, damn, I can see hell. I would even support that if y'all had at least somebody like that. I mean, I know, but dang, y'all not. What you? I don't know. I just. Yeah, and it's just like you said, like maybe if it was like T.S. Madison or maybe Frida. Right. I'll consider it. I mean, Big Frida was here. Some chick named Lizzo. I was listening to her music. It's not even that appealing. You know what I mean? It didn't even catch my attention. Maybe a couple songs, but not. Girl, I don't know who she is. Yeah, when we were. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you good. No, I, I just want to mention, you know, when we first went to the concert, and there was this, uh, this I don't know, skinny mini white girl on on the stage. I'm like, who is she? I, I felt like I was at the damn uh, Teen Choice Awards. Yeah. I was like, okay, Indianapolis, let's go, yeah, make some noise. I was like, yay, I can't hear you, yay. I'm like, girl, you're not giving me a reason to scream. When they called us to the stage, we was like, just now leaving out. Baby, they caught that girl's name. Not one person moved. I'm like, girl, you're not giving us anything to scream about with your bony ass on the on the stage. Ooh, I'm, I'm I'm in. And honey, I don't know who did that. Um, that goddamn Beyonce tribute. Uh uh. Ooh, I missed what Beyonce. Who did who did this? Look, we should go to a concert that does not feel like um, America's Got Talent. Exactly. 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 Honey, what you said? She sounded like a knockoff of Iggy Azalea. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, we're we, we trying to figure out what the hell she's doing on stage. You know, I was like, girl, you trying to be urban is like, that's wrong. You just like that. You, 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 she was acting like Hillary Swank off of Freedom Rider. She was really oh, trying to connect Lord. with the audience. And I just felt like we had more talent here. You know, we, not we, we need local people. I'm sure she is talented. But I feel like we have local artists that was way better than her. That well, you remember when we went to Big Freedom's concert yes. last yes. year? They had some real good talent there. And you showed me the live video of all the people talking. Oh, really? Yeah. Honey, you know, they I had. I missed it. I am so mad I missed it. Yeah. But I just feel like, I don't know, maybe I could speak to somebody or something. You know, I'm definitely going to try to figure out who I can reach about that. But they got to do better next year because it felt like it felt like it was just thrown together at last minute. You know what I mean? And they just got whoever they could get. And, you know, you just pretty much let anybody come in. And then, you know, as far as food, it just got thrown together and not prepared. and. I wonder if there's this chance for Black Pride to <laughs> pick up on this and make. I really think, I we, think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Black Pride can learn from this experience and capitalize on it. I would love to see that happen because I've never been to uh -huh. Black Pride. Well, I, I really feel that some of those people need to check out or kind of collaborate with other cities and see what works better for them. I was just about to say that y'all need to get uh, get uh, whoever's on that committee, baby, and round trip ticket and let them go to Chicago and Atlanta and get some ideas. Yeah. And bring it back here. Maybe you'll bring more people into the city, you know, with different stuff. But you ain't bringing nothing. If anything, you push your people away from the city with this song together, Pride. You know, honestly, between Pride and the Black Expo, I feel like, you know, all the events that all we have. All the events that's going on, you know, during the summer in Indianapolis is, you know, 
it, it pales in comparison to what's going on in other cities. Oh, yes. It's like, I, I don't yeah. know who's on the committee now with, with all these. I mean, but you can definitely see a change from when we used to go years ago on up to now. Yeah, when I was a like, kid, you I can definitely see the difference, and it's, it's horrible. Honey, it's I'm going to tell you how bad Black Expo has gotten. Like, mm. now, you remember how you had to, you paid tickets to get in, like, $10? Like, they are now trying to get people to come in it for free. And I think I mean, the, they keep bringing them tired of all of those artists here. They tired. They tired, baby. They tired of the plumbing. They tired of coming here. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, woo. Child, I, I can't. Like, I, I can't. Like, I people, re- you got to realize them other people got bringing in, they damn near 70 now. Yeah, God exactly. Damn. I we mean, I just saying nothing they saying now. They got ventures and. And all and all kinds of oh, you oh, you mean on, on the Black Expo committee? Yeah, these people that they bring to yeah, the people that bring it in for pride. You know, you can just tell the difference from then all up until now. Let me tell you something. I was I'm mad because remember how you used to be able to go, Chad? Remember how you used to be able to go to Pride? I mean, not Pride, Black Expo. And you can leave with a whole big old bag of groceries and goodies and hair products and everything else. Man, your ass ain't getting nothing now. You ain't getting, honey, you ain't even getting a, 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 a sample cup of lemonade. Oh, you mean the freebies? You, the freebies, <laughs> man, you ain't getting nothing now. Man, I used to, well, I, I did the, man, I did the IU uh, booth at um, at the Black Tech Expo when I was still in um, a college student at IU. And my cousin was in the, he was a Sigma. Um, so we we were both doing the uh, the booth, and you know we were always just poke fun at the people, be like, "Man, they're only here for the for the for the free pens and the bags," and you know the people be like, "Um, y'all still got some frisbees?" We're like, but you're not interested in uh, coming to IU? It's like, oh no, I, ah, no, I ain't interested in all that. You know, do you got the pens in the in the ah. in the little duffel bags? You know, because you know Pookie and Nene, they need uh, they need some back to school supplies, and I'm gonna take these supplies. <laughs> I'm like, so you're not interested in, in going to do IU where we have one of the best uh, diverse campuses and we have, you know, one of the best scholarships for people of color. Oh, no, I ain't, I ain't concerned about that. I, I, but I'll take that free T-shirt, though. Huh, them niggas probably can't spell college, let alone go to it. <laughs> I was like, come on, people. We're more than just free stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's just been a change. I just feel that a lot of that stuff happened. I, I felt that it went downhill, especially with Black Expo. I agree. When I agree. remember, Chen, you remember years ago when there was that shooting down there? It was like about uh, all the people got shot down there. Mm-hmm. It was like ten people. I, that. I do remember that. At Expo. I, well, I think I may have been there. What 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 year would you say? Oh God, it was about seven, eight well, years ago. That, that, I remember. That, 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 Five, six, seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, uh, where did it happen? Because I think I may have been there when that happened. I don't know exactly. Man, it, was, it was just like a lot of people got shot in the and it was just because I know we were yeah, trying to go to a, a party at the Westin and they wouldn't let us in because and probably probably was it because uh, was it down there by Circle Center Mall where it happened? Yeah, by Steak and Shake. Steak and yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember now because yeah. we were here. Pop, 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 and it was like because ah! I remember I covered yeah, this story years ago on YouTube. Juvenile Center, mm-hmm. and a couple of those kids that that did that, and the one that they ended up getting killed, they were my juvie from the juvenile center. So what? I 
Yeah, but it's, well, times really are changing. I just think Indianapolis needs to get it together. That's why they can't really draw like big, big names. And like Cardi B is gonna probably be the biggest name that they've drawn in for well, a while. For for what? Uh huh. Just in uh-huh. general, like Indianapolis has a problem in bringing in big people. That wasn't Cardi B here though. Will be here. She she's gone. She's coming. Yeah, because I don't. Because there should be, she should on tour with. Yeah, she's coming. Yeah, she's coming. Yeah, that's she's been canceling though. No, July. really? Yeah, that's the thing. I thought she canceled the tour after you know what happened with that. Yep, she didn't cancel the couple know, cities already, and they said those fans were like really upset. So yeah, you know, I remember. Yeah, it was something to do with. Cross, so she don't do the same thing us. Yeah, you know, it's because of what happened with what what was uh something was leaked about her drugging men and stealing their money. Well, and that's honey, and that's to, but I'm gonna like, say damn, no, buddy. but I'm gonna say this though. I'm cuz I mean, I feel right is right and wrong is wrong. And and don't get me wrong, R Kelly should definitely be canceled if Cardi B out here saying problematic stuff like that too. She yeah. needs to be held accountable yeah, for that. Right. We can't I'm pick and choose. We gotta yeah. be equal about it. I feel it. like they all need to be held accountable. You know, no person is greater than the other. Like, yeah, even even if she's a lady, no, yeah, uh-huh. no, she's a no. black widow. <laughs> Not a black widow. <laughs> a praying mantis, girl. <laughs> she be praying on you. I say, like, damn, Cardi, really? Come on, girl. I thought your horn days were over. Mm. <laughs> She's still Cardi from the block. But, girl, that's all we were talking about is just pride today. What is pride to you? And then we had, like, a a, a big-time uh, content creator, YouTube celebrity call-in, um, Davion. His, he, oh, he, he okay. has, he's from Conscious TV. Uh, you know, he was just talking about the spiritual aspect of um, being, you know, gay and just talking about how we in the um, – you know, black gay community, how we deal with certain things. Like, you know, it, it's more even complicated when you're dealing with people of color. So, I mean, it was a really good show. Like, the first show, I was, I was just saying, I've been talking about doing this show for, like, over six months, and I just finally said, you know, we just need to go ahead and do it. Today is the day, huh? Yes. Right after Pride. So, we gonna, I really want to start getting some voices from the city here, like, um, even some politicians, like entertainers. Um, so my vision for the show is it's about to be really big because I think that, like I said, I'm all up for roasting and gagging and having a good time. We're going to definitely do that. But I think we got a lot of stuff to talk about, especially with these elections coming up in 2020. Mm. And then we got uh, President Orange Dust, Cheeto Dust in office. <laughs> we we got to get serious. So, I, I call him uh shoot. <laughs> I call him Wonder Bread President. What do you call Wonder Bread? Wonder Bread. <laughs> Mr. Wonder Bread. Oh. Pasty ass Wonder Bread. Ooh, see. <laughs> yeah, I just heard Ricky Smiley talking to uh Maxine Waters about him. And you know Greg. She said she's um she she she's trying to, you know, petition to get him impeached and stuff. And I just, I don't know about Maxine Waters. I just love everything she represents. Auntie, you know, they call her auntie. auntie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still laughing about that exchange that she had on the, on the, on the, uh, on the house floor. Oh, what yeah. was it? Um, it's like, I will not yield my time huh. to you. <laughs> she was like, she was like, basically saying, you need to sit down, young man, and let the grown folks speak. Okay. <laughs> Why she remind me of one of them old um, church mothers that friendship? 
They'll be collecting the offering. Right. She be on the uh, on the pastors, the pastors uh, committee for the, the church anniversary committee. Honey, and she ain't gonna be she gonna be playing with that money and she ain't playing with the kitchen kitchen committee. Y'all gonna have this stuff right, and y'all ain't gonna have all these people coming in and out the kitchen taking plates out the kitchen. She probably she probably carrying her a, a little tote thing of out toys. Get the mitts ready. But you know, um, you know, and all, I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty interested to see how his tour, um, um, in London went because you know, you know, you know, nobody shades in Europe better than the British. You know, they, they were just like, did you see all those people that was out protesting Donald Trump mm-hmm. over there? Like, do you see that picture? I was like, I bet Queen Elizabeth's like, oh Lord, I lived long enough to see this dumbass in Buckingham Palace. Honey, he gonna mess around like he gonna mess around this this country. They, man, I don't know. Mm. Like you gonna start another war because he, he can't learn how to you know, shut that's up. That's a whole other topic within itself. I can go on and on about the wrong oh, yeah, should, yeah, I'm yeah. sure we all can. Yeah, I will say that. <laughs> but yeah, we gonna we gonna. Yeah, I got so much to say about him. But yeah, I was gonna let you know we gonna do these shows like every two weeks. So we doing them two weeks. Okay. And I'm still doing my news show, the Urban Wire. So I ain't got rid of that. But like I said, this is like a new network that we have—a podcast network, like a TV network. So we're gonna have like about—I'm gonna probably have a couple more shows on my network. I'm gonna probably work with some people independently. So we about to really do something big, like as far as black media and just like it's concerned here in the city. So we—I got some things coming up that I'm working on. Oh. Okay, well, you know I'm gonna be tuned in, and you know, my, I got a better work shift, so I got more time. Hallelujah! Oh, I think ain't God good. I, you know, I don't want to tell your business, but I, I, I'm, I'm so happy for you and your new work opportunity. So I just want to give a shout out to Thank you. Thank you. So, but yeah, I mean, let me ask you: as you being an ally to the to the community. What would you like to see on the show? Like, or what? What? What were some of your suggestions before we let you go? Well, I pretty much think you covered it. Like more about politics, and you know, just bringing awareness to certain things that other people don't bring awareness to. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what this show could represent. You know, because a lot of people don't talk about a lot of things because they're scared. You know what I mean? And feeling like you know they're thinking more so of their reputation instead of just. Speaking the truth, and I feel like that's what the show represents. True. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I'm just here for you know bringing awareness. All right, and I want to give a shout out in the comments. I see my boy Dustin just came in. You know, me, me and him been talking about doing some collaborative work. So yeah, just be on the lookout. Like I just want to put our city on the map and just just positive. It's just enough negative negativity out there. Oh, so. Yeah. And yep. that's what it's about, yep. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, we want to thank you. I don't want to hold you up because I want to thank you. We're going to put this up as our after show. So I'm going to okay. cut this audio up. So it's going to be on our podcast network, but it's going to be our after show. So, yeah, thank you for calling in, and I will let you know for sure when we do the next broadcast. All right, thank you, guys. Have a good yeah, time. All right, you, you too. too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, I think that's about it, y'all. I'm hungry. Yes. <laughs>
All right, y'all. Take care, and we will be back in the next couple weeks. Oh, yeah, that's right. I get up early. I hate this job. I want to quit. I have no idea how much I want to leave Clover, but I can't. I'm sick and tired of the, the, the roller coaster of my schedule. Like, I don't blame you. No, I'm mad as hell. I have seniority, and you're going to make me give up my Sunday Mondays. Just because you you don't want to give us more hours, I need I needed that Sunday Mondays. That's the only time I can actually go up to see my parents. Now I have to do it every other Sunday Monday. So yeah, I'm I can't wait to leave this job. And I have a friend that's working at at Fresh Market, uh, Fresh Time. If there's any openings for next year, that. I could possibly snag, hopefully.